0: Psalm chapter 68 and verse 1. I'm going to preach about something today that is not often preached on. Essential. It's in the scriptures. It's amazing. It's it's uh, it's uh, there's plenty of scriptures about it. You know, we talk about the life of Christ, the teachings of Christ, the death of Christ, the blood of Christ, the resurrection of Christ. But we never talk about the ascension. Turn to somebody and tell them the ascension. About this time after the uh, resurrection of Christ, about the very season and time that we are in right now, is the time that the ascension of Christ took place. And so we're going to take a look at that. See, I want to find out what he's doing now. We read about what he did. We're taught about what he did. We read the teachings of Christ and all of those things and, and the history of the Bible and all of those things, what his disciples did. But I want to know what he's doing right now. People tell me all the time, hey, what are you doing now? Now that you're retired. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm doing more than I've ever done. Are you doing anything now? Oh, yes. And he hasn't retired. Turn to somebody and tell him Jesus hasn't retired He's still on the job. But now he's working from heaven. But let me just read the scripture. Psalm 68 verse 1. Let God arise. Everybody say let God arise. And let his enemies be scattered. Let those who hate him flee from him. Now let me tell you. Those that hate him hate you. His enemies are your enemies. And your enemies are his enemies. I'll say that again. His enemies are your enemies. And your enemies are his enemies. But it said, let God arise. This is talking about when they would go out and they would go in various places when there was dangers, when they were facing an enemy. They, they would allow the Ark of the Covenant to lead them. And they would actually take the Ark of the Covenant and they would lift it up. Everybody say they would lift it up. Yeah. And the more that they lifted it up and the higher they lifted it up, the more the people that gathered it around it could see it. And as they saw the Ark of the Covenant being lifted up and the Ark of the Covenant was where the glory of God was, they would see the Ark and they would see the glory of God. They knew it was a place of the dwelling, the dwelling place of God at that time. And they would lift it up and more people would see it. And as they saw it, they would all begin to cry out, let God arise. I think we ought to try that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I expect that you're going to outdo the first service, although they did okay, (laughs) but I just want to shout out like three times, let God, you got to say it like that, like an old preacher, let God, are you ready? One, two, three, let Let God, God. do it again, let God, now one more time, I want you to hold it out for a a little bit, okay, let Sometimes it would be such a noise and such a it would be broadcast everywhere that the enemy they thought they were going to face would run. Yeah. But the ultimate in the scriptures of the almighty arising is the time of ascension when Christ rose from the dead, but he ascended into the heavens. And it's just about the season that we're in right now. Acts chapter one, verse nine. Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Everybody say a cloud. cloud. Turn to somebody and tell them a a cloud. Now it wasn't an Uber, it wasn't taxi. What's this other thing they got now? A lift? it wasn't lift. it wasn't Uber, it wasn't taxi. Uh, it was a cloud. I am convinced, I believe that it was the cloud of the glory of God. I believe it was that Shekinah glory of God that came in the form of a cloud and welcomed Christ back so that he might be repositioned in the heavens. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God said, That's my boy. I, I'm pleased in what he did, but I've missed him, and I now got to go get him and bring him home. Amen. And so he returned into the heavens. He returned to the very place that he left. But I want to tell you something when you get restored, and that's what this is when you get restored, when Jesus restores you, he restores you, and you are in a better place than you were, hallelujah, when you left that place. Come on, someone say amen. For he who descended is also the one that ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. Turn to somebody to tell them, fill all things. The Bible says that the, that, that the fullness of the Godhead was in Christ. Now notice this. The fullness of the Godhead was in Christ bodily. What does that mean? It means the fullness of the Godhead was contained to the literal body of Jesus Christ while he was upon the earth. Amen. Wow. Amen. Amen. So if you wanted to get in contact Because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You want to get in contact with the Father. You you want to get in contact with the Son. You want to get in contact with the fullness of the Godhead and the Spirit. Wherever Jesus went bodily, that's where it was. Whether he was in Bethlehem, wherever he was, that's where it was. It was confined to the literal body of Christ. But what does it say here? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. While he was with the Father, before he cloaked himself in flesh, he was omnipresent. He was everywhere. Jesus was omnipresent everywhere. But when he left heaven, he was no longer omnipresent any longer. It was confined to that literal body. But now that he went back and he's seated at the right hand of the Father, turn to somebody tell him the right, the right hand. Not the left hand, the right hand. The right hand is the place of authority. Now he enters not only as the Son of Man, but now he enters also as the Son of God and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. It is at this moment that Jesus becomes King of kings and Lord of lords. Yeah. And he now is omnipresent once again. He is everywhere. As a matter of fact, if you make your bed in hell, he said, I'll be there. You can't run from him and you can't hide from him. He is everywhere. And he has now been restored and sits in a place of authority. Turn to somebody and tell him authority. Tell him king of kings and Lord of Lords. This, is, this was the coronation of Christ as King. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24. For Christ has not entered the holy place made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Turn to somebody and tell him, for us. He didn't go up there just to hang out. The cloud didn't just get him and bring him up there so his father could say, hey, you're done good. I like it. You're my boy. He ascended, and he is now in the presence of God for us. Turn to somebody and tell him, for us. Now, I want to explain something to you. He is not idle. He's not uh, weaving baskets. He's not out there twiddling his thumbs. He is in the presence of the almighty God for us. There's something that he is doing in his present position for us. He's just not hanging out with the angels and admiring all of these things. Absolutely not. He is working even now. See, when we read the Bible, we think, and Jesus raises from the dead. We think that's it. It's not it. There's more that's going on. There's more that Jesus is doing. The ministry of Christ continues to go on. It's for us. Turn to somebody to tell them it's for you. See, we need to see him as he is, not as he was. And as he is, he is in the presence of Almighty God in our behalf. John chapter 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Did anybody ever read in the scriptures how the Holy Spirit came? On the day of Pentecost? Well, I'm here to tell you that is a sign that he arrived to where he was supposed to be. He said, if I don't go, I can't send you the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know. I am a Holy Spirit junkie. I'm hooked on the Holy Spirit. I got to admit in front of all of you, hallelujah, I got to have it, man. I got something that my flesh can't handle and I don't want to shake it. Hallelujah, I am addicted to the spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. And he kept his promise. He sent the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've experienced it yet. I hope you have. And if you're not, maybe you can do that today. How many agree with me? Come on, put your hands up. Do you love the Holy Spirit? He said, I'm going to send you the helper. And he did. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And I also say to you, these are the things that Christ is doing right now. As he sits at the right hand of the father. And I say to you that you are Peter on this rock. I will build my Church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. He is still building his church. Turn to somebody and tell me he is still building his church. He didn't stop building his church. He is still building his church. And this church that he's building, it's not some kind of a lean-to, hallelujah, or some kind of a hut. It is a church that is strong and that is powerful and that is overcoming. And the gates of hell will not prevail against this what Jesus is building. Come on, somebody say hallelujah with me. I'll never forget years ago we were having revival in reverse. I'm crying out to God, oh God, send people, oh God, save people, oh God, and the more I prayed, the more people left. It was like shifting sand. I'm telling you, we went from 220 people down to about 40. I'm thinking, this is revival? And so I had a conversation with the Lord, and it wasn't really like, you know, I wasn't like real like, you know, I was like, hey. What are you doing with my church? He didn't say nothing. I said, Hey God, what are you doing with my church? Didn't say nothing. I said, God, what are you doing with my church? He said, I want to ask you a question now. I said, What's that, God? He said, I thought it was my church. I said, Well, excuse me. It's his church. Now, I want to tell you something about the church. We're not on the defense. We are on the offense. We are called to kick in the gates of hell. And wherever hell has settled and whatever life is being destroyed by the devil and by demons and by Satan and by addiction and by affliction, I want to tell you the church of Jesus Christ, me and you are called to kick in the gates of hell. Oh, hallelujah. We are on a forceful advance. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. I grew up in in an era when we were like, oh, we got to hang on. Oh, hang on. Hope the devil don't get us. We got to hang on. No, absolutely not. Now it's time for the church to rise up and kick in the gates of hell. Come on and say hallelujah with me. We are on a forceful advance. Somebody say forceful advance. We're not gonna back up. We're not gonna run from it. We're gonna go forward and see the victory of Christ and the King of king exalted and lifted up. I'm excited. I'm glad you are. What is he doing? He's still building his church. He has sent us the Holy Spirit, met his commitment to us, his promise. Therefore, he also is able to save Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. To the othermost, to those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. What is Christ doing seated? At the right hand of the Father. He is making intercession. For each and every one of us. You know what that intercession is? Let me read this to you. He is entreating. The rest of the Godhead. To favor. Those that belong to him. Mm See mama may not like you. And your school teacher may not like you. And your neighbor may not like you. And there may be some people that want to pronounce judgment on your life because of some of the mistakes that perhaps you have made. There are some people that want to do away with you. There are some people that want to find fault with you. They might even want to put a curse on you. They might want to mock you. They might want to exclude you. But let me tell you something. None of that's going to work. You want to know why? Because Jesus, the son of the living God, who is is sitting at the right hand of the Father, is entreating God Almighty, and he's entreating the Holy Spirit, and he's saying, favor those that belong to me. I don't care what they have said. I don't care how they've tried to put you aside. I'm here to tell you, if you are God's child, God, hallelujah, Jesus is interceding with the Father, and he is interceding with the Holy Spirit, and he's saying, favor my child, Favor my daughter. You are his favorite one. Now you might not have to tell him to shut up because you'll get into a fight. I've tried it and I've gotten to a fight and I'm just a little guy. But I'm here to tell you the spirit of the living God will come alongside of you and fight those battles for you. Because Jesus is saying favor my child. You need to expect God's favor on your life. turn to somebody and tell him, I'm his favorite one. He's entreating the Father and the Spirit to favor you because you belong to Him. Say hallelujah with me.
1: Oh, here's another
0: one. You ready? What is he doing? For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. What is Jesus? Jesus is standing. He is the man in the middle. Turn to somebody. Tell me he's the man in the middle. He is he is the mediator. You know, when you get people who are at odds, One on one, one side, one is on the other. Whether it's a business deal or whatever it might be, and maybe there's a contract that's been signed, you know, that's signed, but they seem to be divided. They call in a mediator, and what that mediator does is bring them together for peace. Jesus is our mediator, and He's bringing us together with the Father and with the Spirit, so there might be peace. In our lives, will somebody say "Hallelujah" with me? What is he doing, my little child? These things I write to you, that you might not sin. For if anyone sins, he has a advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Advocate. He is the one that stands alongside. He is the one that never leaves you alone. An advocate is one that comes alongside and comforts us. Let me tell you something. Anybody here ever make a mistake? Did you say no, Aaron? Anybody here ever make a mistake? Anybody here make a mistake lately? Well, let me tell you, even in the worst of your mistakes, you are never alone. In the darkest hour of your life, in the most difficult time of your life, he's got your back. Turn to somebody and tell them he's got your back. He is your advocate, and he is your mediator, and he is the one that is called alongside to stand with you. You never have to stand alone now that you are his child. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel alone, and sometimes I need to remind you to wait a minute. Get a grip on yourself. Because God Almighty is standing by your side to bring you comfort. Hallelujah. And to let you know, hallelujah, that he has not forsaken you and he has not left you. As a matter of fact, he said, if you make your bed in hell, I'll be there. He is our advocate. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. In other words, Jesus has paid the price. And he constantly, he constantly appeases the wrath and the judgment of Almighty God. You ever run into somebody that you want a mistake? Or you've made a mistake? They need to be judged. <laughs> they need to pay for what they've done. Have you ever felt that way about anybody? Do you know what they have done? Well, guess what? All the wrath and all the judgment that you can proclaim that they should deserve. Let me tell you something. It's not going to work because Jesus, hallelujah, the propitiation for our sins. Hallelujah. He is appeasing the judgment and the wrath of God on those that do wrong. You know what he says to the father? See that? See that? See this? Do you remember how I suffered? Do you remember how I didn't shrink back from the cross and the wrath of mankind? Do you remember when I took the sins of the world that were and the sins of the world that would ever be? Upon me. Do you remember the price I paid? And Jesus and, and, and the Father's like, <laughs> He appeases, and has it peace. Is that the music that says they're going home? <laughs> Who's that back there? Is that Johnny? No, no, no John would play it early. Well, then maybe you ought to play it, John. Go ahead and play it. (laughs) Come on, John, give me something that just. Some of that sleepy stuff. Let's remember not only what he's done, but what he's doing right now. His ministry continues in behalf of those that are his. He's ever watchful. He's ever looking over us. And I want to say this to you. We are always on his mind. And he's always looking to come to our side, to advocate for us, to stand beside us, to bring us comfort. Hallelujah. That ministry goes on. I'm not gonna let you cry, honey, because I hate that. I hate the lie of the enemy. I hate the lie of the enemy. And the things that he's pronounced and whispered in your ear. About judgment, about how God doesn't like you anymore. You've blown it. You've made too many mistakes. It is a lie. It is a lie. And the truth of the matter is that your heavenly father. standing before God Almighty and talking to the Holy Spirit saying that is my child in spite of her mistakes you have to favor her giving her peace and joy and blessing her life can I say this to you No, they're all my favorite. Everybody that comes to this church is my favorite. But you really are one of of my favorites. I love you. I've seen your life changed and transformed and watch you cry out to God. And I've seen God do such great works in your life. It's not over. It's only a beginning. It's not over. There's so much more to come. You have a mediator. You have have one that's pleading. You have an advocate, someone who comes alongside of you. You're not alone. So I want these tears of sorrow and tears of mistake to be dried up and be filled with tears of great joy great expectation of the great things that God is continuing to do in your life. Deal? All guilt and shame. You're out of here. She's half my age, so she can kiss me on the cheek. He continues in our behalf to be in the presence of the Father. Father, we thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you that your ministry did not end on the day that you were resurrected, but you continue to minister in behalf of those that belong to you. And we thank you that you're a good, good father. In Jesus' precious name, everybody say amen. Amen. amen, amen. And amen. Turn around and go hug about three folks. Will you do that?